You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. There's a lot to get to with the off-field discussion. You're going to hear from Philip Fulmer. You're going to hear from Donnie Plowman in segment number one, some updates they have on the game day experience. It's going to be some kind of housekeeping in segment number one. Some updates for you on what's going on with game day plans, attendance at Neyland Stadium, preparation to get players ready, all that stuff in segment number one. And then in segment number two and three, I'm going to get to the football side of things as Tennessee is back out practicing. Wednesday was practice number two. And in the second segment, I'm going to look at Tennessee's schedule again, the schedule that came out on Monday, and look at Tennessee's chances, the over-under that is out there according to the offshore accounts, what they're saying about what Tennessee should be expected to do. I'll do that in segment number two, and then you'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt in segment number three. This has been a very different offseason, but how did the last few weeks help the players get ready for practice now? You'll hear him talk about that in segment number three. Plus a little talk on the quarterbacks. That's all right here on Locked On Vols. Today presented by rockauto.com and builtbar.com. Big thanks to them for supporting the show. And thanks to everybody who has supported our sponsors, which is a way to support Locked On Vols as well. And September 26th, of course, is now the new start date for Tennessee and the SEC. And with Tennessee planning for the fall, they're planning for some changes. One of those being the capacity Tennessee will be able to have at Neyland Stadium. Now, they don't know anything right now, but it looks like right now Tennessee is looking at about 25% capacity. They're trying to get to that mark at Neyland Stadium. That is very similar to what we are seeing with other schools. Georgia announced 20 to 25%. Texas A&M, I think, said 25%. That's probably the number, probably going to be the high end you're going to see around the SEC. And there might be some schools that don't have fans in attendance. And Neyland Stadium is not guaranteed, but they have pointed to Bristol Motor Speedway being able to have fans at the race a few weeks ago. And that's something in the state of Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee, Philip Fulmer as the athletic director that they've looked at to try to come up with some kind of plan several weeks from now, of course, for what Tennessee might be able to do. And I want you to hear from Philip Fulmer. He was in Nashville a couple of days ago, as was Chancellor Dondi Plowman, providing some updates. And here is a little bit of that. And then I have a few more notes for you with some information that has come out with Tennessee with some budget cuts as they obviously have to look at things a little differently this year because of all that's gone over the last few months. But Philip Fulmer looking at some changes that will likely be coming to the game day experience this fall. We're looking at different aspects that go along with uh, Southeastern Conference football, like tailgating, uh, certainly band protocols. In any way that we can, we need to avoid large gatherings. And uh, so we're looking at those as we go along. And my, my, my take on it is we probably won't have those. Uh, game day traditions like the Vol Walk and the Band March uh, could very well be unsafe for everybody concerned. So again, we're kind of making the, making the decision that the, we would probably not have those. Uh, one of the questions I know I'll get r- quickly is the financial impact. Obviously, with social distancing and the reduction of the capacity of who can come to the games, there's a there's a thirty to forty million dollar. Uh, loss that's there that we will have to uh, we'll have to figure out as we go along. We've been very proactive in the cost-cutting measures since since last spring. 
as we've made 20% cuts in, in our budgets all across the athletic department, a hiring freeze, and we know that there's more uh, things coming as we deal with the academics, the academic side of campus and, uh, and, and, and try to figure it out. Uh, our medical staff has been tremendous. Uh, Dr. Chris Klink and Jason McVeigh, it's a tremendous job. Uh, we've had 23 cases since May. Uh, a good portion of those came right after July the 4th. And uh, unfortunately, some, some people gathered uh, too much. So that, again, made a statement to our, to our athletes that we need to be fully committed uh, to, to get football where it needs to be, to stay safe for each other and stay safe for our loved ones. Philip Fulmer speaking in Nashville on Tuesday afternoon and in an email to Tennessee Fund members, which you may be a part of, maybe, maybe not. You might have already seen this. Philip Fulmer took a 15% salary reduction. That is something that is coming. And he said that the 2020-21 operating budget has been cut by 20% in all departments. They're looking at ways to save money. And they, of course, hope that they don't deal with more issues that being if football is not played this fall Philiformer did bring up the idea that it could be played in the spring they're of course planning for the fall and hoping for the fall as we all are and you know with that part of the conversation there continue to be differing opinions right now you know the big 12 the ACC the SEC conference USA they are still planning to move forward I thought this was fascinating. There was a story in SI.com by Ross Dellinger covering the SEC and covering college football. And this is just a reminder of the difference of opinions that are out there. One athletic director told Sports Illustrated, quote, I'm more optimistic than ever that they're going to be able to play this fall. Another athletic director told Ross, quote, it wouldn't surprise me if in two weeks the whole thing is shut down. Those are two very different feelings, aren't they? One saying, I'm more optimistic than ever. That's a week to 10 days after the Big Ten and Pac-12 shut down. And then you have another saying, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next couple of weeks things shut down. You're, you're going to find differing opinions from the medical community. And I, I think that's pretty well documented at this point. But you know, last week, the Big Ten and Pac-12 said the advice we've received says we need to shut down. And you're getting that from the NCAA level as well, I should point out. But there's also a story at AL.com with a, a a doctor, a cardiologist who advised the Big 12 and Conference USA last week, hey, don't think too much about myocarditis. You need to pay attention to it. You need to monitor it. You need to test more to make sure you are seeing what's going on with the athlete. So it is a very serious thing to consider, but it is not new and it should not be weighed too heavily. And the doctor told the Big 12, don't pay attention to what appears to be panic regarding some of the coverage of myocarditis. And then in the SEC, I want you to hear what Tennessee Chancellor Dondi Plowman said uh, when she spoke to the media. She was there with Philip Fulmer and Governor Bill Lee, and she talked about the testing approach that the SEC and that Tennessee will be taking. At the University of Tennessee, we follow the medical staff advice and especially the advice of the SEC with the medical task force. The, the COVID testing program requires that our players be tested a minimum of once a week during practice and once we start playing games, three times a week. Any players who need to isolate will undergo a thorough cardiac evaluation prior to returning to activity. 
We understand that concerns remain about COVID-19. And the leadership in the athletic department are very transparent. They're communicating with the players and their parents constantly about these challenges. We have been intentional in talking with our players at both the university and conference levels. I've met with the football team a couple of times myself, listening to them. What are their concerns? What are their questions? And trying to answer them. Tennessee Chancellor Dondi Plowman on Tuesday. It's going to be something that Tennessee, the SEC, that they continue to monitor and the meetings are going to continue to take place. And Tennessee's chancellor is a part of that ultimate decision to play or not to play. Right now, their intention is to play. And Governor Bill Lee has been supportive of Tennessee football happening. And there are a lot of people that are working and trying to make it happen this upcoming fall. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about football this fall. I'm going to look at Tennessee's schedule, the chances that Tennessee can beat what some of the numbers are saying. Tennessee trying to at least have a winning record this upcoming season with a difficult, but I think manageable, 10-game schedule. I'll get to that next right here on Locked on Vols today, presented by rockauto.com. And if you think about it, if you need a new part for your vehicle, whether you're a professional, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, whatever the case might be, You could go to a store and you can go up to the front and you can say, hey, I think I might need this for my car. And they can look on a computer and order one part for you and it can be expensive. Or remember, you have access to a computer. You can go to rockauto.com at home, pull your phone out, pull up rockauto.com, and you can search all of the many different options that they have, the different auto and body parts that they have available from hundreds of manufacturers, and you can save money at the same time. They have a unique catalog at rockauto.com that can be very easy to navigate for you to find what you need for your vehicle. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you visit the website, remember to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We saw Tennessee's new football schedule on Monday, and I talked about it on the most recent podcast episode. And I thought I'd revisit the conversation just to take another look at what Tennessee is facing starting September 26th at South Carolina. And as I said the other day, and I still think this is a really manageable schedule. It's not easy. Nobody in the SEC has a schedule where you look at it and say, you know what? A lot of off weeks on this one. You're playing 10 SEC games, and even for Alabama, for Georgia, for Florida, for LSU, it's going to be tough. But for Tennessee, I think with a really challenging schedule, it's manageable, and there's a chance for Tennessee to get off to a pretty good start playing South Carolina, Missouri, and Kentucky at home in three of the first four games. Week three is at Georgia. That's going to be kind of tough. So looking at Tennessee's schedule, I'm just going to run through it really quick just to give you a reminder of what it is. Tennessee will open at South Carolina September 26th, come back home from Missouri, go to Georgia, home against Kentucky, home against Alabama, and then have an off week. So halfway through the season, Tennessee gets an off week. On November 7th, Tennessee will go to Arkansas for the sixth game of the season. Then Tennessee will be at home against Texas A&M, at Auburn, at Vanderbilt, 
and then home against Florida. I went to gamedayonrockytop.com. They have a win total machine. Uh, Check it out. It's fun to play with. You can put in your percentage chance for Tennessee to win each individual game. So the percentage chance you think Tennessee will beat South Carolina, the percentage chance Tennessee will beat Missouri, on and on and on. And then it tells you what your expected win total is for Tennessee. Mine came out to 5.1. So that would mean 5-5, five and five, realistically. Just above 5 wins for the season, 5-5 five and five total. That actually is right where the offshore accounts appear to have Tennessee's win total. Bavada, I think it was at like 4, and then they moved it up. It was at 5 on Wednesday. So the over-under from Bavada is 5. There was another one that had Tennessee at 5.5. So 5-5, five and 6-4, five, and four, I think is going to be a lot of the conversation with Tennessee. Not having Cade Mays right now, and there is still hope that that's going to happen. Gregory Isaacs is now representing Cade Mays, and they're going to kind of redo some things, it looks like, with his appeal, and they're going to try to to get him eligible. And he's just one player, but he's a really good player. And I, I do think that Cade can greatly affect what Tennessee's offensive line can be. Right now, I'm kind of looking at this as if he's not playing. If things were to change, if he wins his appeal and Kate is eligible this fall, then I obviously have a little more confidence in Tennessee's football team. So I have Tennessee at 5.1 wins, so right now 5-5, five and five, and that is right around where the offshore accounts are. Five, five and a half appear to be the numbers you're seeing with the Vols right now. And when I look at it, just, just to go game by game, South Carolina I think is more likely a win than not, but I think it's going to be tough. Remember the, the sportsline.com odds for that were Tennessee by one. Colin Wilson from the Action Network had that game as a pick At home against Missouri, I think Tennessee has a really good chance of winning that game. At Georgia, not a very good chance. Against Kentucky, better than 50-50. I think probably in the, the 60% chance range to win that game. Against Alabama, one in four shot. I, I do like the timing there in that Alabama has to play Georgia the week before going to Knoxville to play Tennessee. You're going to get Alabama coming off a really tough physical football game. At Arkansas, you need to win that one. Texas a and is going to be tough, but it's winnable. At Auburn's going to be difficult, but it's winnable. At Vanderbilt, you have to win it. And then Florida, it's going to be really tough. Typically, Tennessee doesn't beat the Gators, but you get this one in December at home, cold weather game against Florida you got a really good shot. So uh, part of it is, you know, the Cade Mays thing, to say that I'd like Tennessee's chances against Texas A&M or Florida or Auburn, I think Tennessee needs to be really good up front. And if Tennessee's going to be really good, like one of the best offensive lines in the SEC, I think it will probably need Cade Mays. Injuries are almost inevitable. I think going in, Tennessee could have one of the best offensive lines in the SEC, even without Cade. But if you lose a guy or two, Tennessee could run into some problems. So I, I just I have that in my mind right now. That's subject to change, of course, between now and September 26th. On Wednesday on Sports 180, I asked Braden Gall of Athlon Sports. He has the Cover 2 podcast covering college football. What he thinks. When he saw Tennessee's schedule, the way that it was laid out, what did he think about for Tennessee's football team this fall? Number one, I think a really good way to break in a quarterback battle is South Carolina Missouri two teams that have some nice pieces on defense, in particular Missouri, but you get that one at home, whatever home or road means in 2020, we don't know. But those two games, two teams that Tennessee should be favored against, so that's a really nice way to break in a potential quarterback battle. You better have it figured out by week three, of course, going to Georgia and then Kentucky and Alabama back-to-back. That that, threat, that trio right there is as nasty as it gets in this league. And so um, the season probably will be dictated by what happens in those three games. That You know, 
the A&M and Auburn games being added certainly are more difficult than probably most other teams' additional team, the new games. Tennessee's new games are probably as hard as anybody's because it's two top 15 teams. And when you take the Pac-12 and the Big Ten out of it, A&M is really like the eighth best team and Auburn is really like the 11th best team in the country, according to our rankings at Athlon. So that's two top 12 teams you've added to your schedule. Um, so that's not easy. There's, there's no question that back stretch with A&M, Auburn, and Florida, three out of four weeks, that, that's incredibly difficult. Now, Arkansas and Dandy help a little bit. Uh, the bye week helps a little bit, but there's two really important stretches, and it's week three through five, and then three out of the last four. So I still think the five and five number, I think, is what Vegas put the over-under on. Um, I don't think they got a lot of breaks. You know, that Kentucky game was probably going to be a huge swing game in the East to decide who finishes second or third or third or fourth, who's going to challenge Georgia or Florida. And I, I don't I don't think they got any favors by that game landing between Georgia and Bama. I think that makes that Kentucky game that much more difficult. Even though Purdue is 2-0 against Stoops, I still think that that Kentucky team is really good. And, and both Kentucky and Tennessee are sort of fighting for the same spot right now in the East. And, and that game coming between the two powerhouses on their schedule certainly doesn't help, uh, whereas you know Kentucky will face Ole Miss and Mississippi State leading into that Tennessee game. That might help Kentucky a little bit if you're looking for any sorts of edges when it comes to deciding pecking order in the East. Braden Gall of Athlon Sports and the Cover 2 podcast. And, you know, that's kind of interesting. From a scheduling standpoint, I actually like the the draw versus Georgia and Alabama in terms of how it works out for them and for Tennessee more than Kentucky. But that Kentucky game is a really important one. Uh, I would say it's one that Tennessee should win, meaning Tennessee should be a favorite going in. But it's not guaranteed. I know more often than not, Tennessee wins that game. But just like Tennessee fans are saying, yeah, we can get Florida this year. Kentucky fans are saying, yeah, we can get Tennessee this year. Then they just have to go out and do it. But uh, five and five is where I am right now. I would go six and four before four and six right now. And that appears to be the, the way that, quote, Vegas has it with the five to five and a half number being what Tennessee is. That Cade Mays decision, health, quarterback play, all of that is going to be a big deal. So I tell you what, coming back, how about a little quarterback talk? Jeremy Pruitt talking about the very early stages for the quarterbacks as Jared Garantano appears to be the number one guy, but what the depth will look like, who's the number two quarterback, all of that is going to matter as well. I'll get to that. Plus, Jeremy Pruitt talking about how the last several weeks help players get ready for practice now. That's next on Locked on Vols, which today is also brought to you by BuiltBar.com. They have the new improved Built Bar, which is delicious and just building on all that they've done. I told you, I've loved my Built Bars. The peanut butter and the peanut butter brownie have been my two favorites, and they have a number of flavors for you to try out. Salted caramel. They have caramel brownie is one of the new flavors that they have available. These bars are covered in chocolate. They are tasty. It's like you're eating a candy bar but a healthy candy bar. The bars from Built Bar are great if you are looking to lose or maintain weight. And if you're thinking, okay, I need a healthy snack, the Built Bar is a perfect and very convenient option for you. When I bring up the peanut butter, the peanut butter bar comes with 19 grams of proteins, only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You can go to the website, see all this information, see what you might like, and right now they just have an incredible deal. While supplies last, you can get a free cooler with your purchase. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. And I want to be clear there. If you've ordered before, this is not for your first order. This is for your next order. So even if you've used the code before, 
Try it again. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off. That's at BuiltBar.com. What Tennessee gets out of the quarterback position is obviously going to play a big role in how Tennessee's football team does this fall. The conversation starts with Jerry Garantano. Again, he's back for his fifth year. He's back as a senior, and right now he projects to be Tennessee's starter. What about the number two position? I think Brian Maurer has a really good chance to factor in there, but there's the obvious upside of Harrison Bailey. If Tennessee's coaches feel good about what he's doing, then I think he has a chance to be the number two guy, and then let's see how Jarrett plays as the season goes along. JT Shrout factors in somehow in this conversation. Jimmy Holiday, remember, is now at wide receiver. So you're focusing on four guys, that being Jarrett Garantano, Brian Maurer, JT Shrout, and Harrison Bailey, the true freshman, who is now, I guess, four practices in to his time at Tennessee. Had two practices in the spring, and then practice on Monday and Wednesday uh, this week to start things out this fall. This is what Jeremy Pruitt said. Keep in mind, this was after one practice, and they have not gotten too much work done. They have two more practices to go before they even put pads on. But Jeremy Pruitt was asked about the start of camp for the quarterbacks. Listen to what Tennessee's head coach said. I thought all of our quarterbacks threw the ball well today. You know, there was a, a, um, several periods in there that uh, we completed a whole lot of balls, uh, which was good to see. It's good to see guys, uh, you know, create some yards after the catch there. Uh, we've got to be more consistent at that position, obviously, and that's whoever's playing quarterback. But, you know, hey, that's our entire team. If you want to be successful in this league, uh, you have to you have to create consistency on both sides of the ball, and that's something that we really got to work hard to do during this camp. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt, and then this relates to Harrison Bailey, a newcomer at quarterback, or other players on the roster. I don't know how many freshmen are going to make an immediate impact, or how many guys will play a big role right away. You know what he's about to say here also applies to Valus Jones, who's a newcomer to the team. He's a veteran. He played at USC and now is at Tennessee as a grad transfer. And you know a guy like Quavar Crouch, he's not new to the team. He's in year two, but he's trying to play a bigger role at linebacker. Jalen McCullough battling for a starting position at safety. There are a number of guys that would factor into this conversation, and that is the OTA work that Tennessee was able to get done before the start of fall camp. So they were able to have. Uh, meetings. They were able to have walkthroughs on the field without a football before they got ready for the practice they're going through now. Did that help the players get ready for what they're now trying to do to get ready for the start of the season? This is what Jeremy Pruitt said earlier this week. I would say absolutely. Um, You know, we really took advantage of the walkthroughs. You know, there's a lot of teaching that goes on. So we had a chance to kind of go through our our teaching progression. You know, we kind of go uh, a five-day install, and then we start back over. So uh, it's been really good. You know, it probably we changed the way we practiced a little bit today just because we've had so many walkthroughs, but it was something that we took advantage of for sure. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt, there's a lot of work to get done, and I've continued to say I, this is a really deep football team, or at least the deepest team that Jeremy Pruitt has had. Uh, the depth is not where he wants it to be, I- I'm sure, in terms of the combination of talent and experience, but it's a more experienced team than a year ago, even having to replace some veterans. But uh, how much they will count on the newcomers, freshmen, to be more specific, I don't know. Uh, I think at wide receiver, that opportunity is going to be there. I think one of those freshman running backs will have a chance to help immediately and uh, at least a couple of defenders, I think, could emerge, maybe not in, in starting positions, but again, providing depth to the football team. But as the next several weeks go, and as they get into the football season, 
I think there could be more opportunities for players who maybe they're not ready to play a big role on September 26th, but by October 26th, coming out of the the bye week on Halloween, when you go into November, I think you could have more young players who are ready to help Tennessee's football team as players continue to carve out their roles. Speaking of players, there will be members of Tennessee's football team meeting with the media today. It's an off day in terms of practice. The Vols will practice again on Friday. So coming up on Monday, you should be hearing from Jeremy Pruitt. You should be hearing from some Tennessee football players right here on the show. And hopefully we will have seen some more good news come out in terms of the attempt to make football happen this fall. We are getting closer. Five weeks from Saturday is the scheduled season opener for Tennessee against South Carolina. I'm sure you'll also continue to see more talk around Cade Mays and his case with the NCAA. Free Cade Mays continues to trend on social media. Even Lane Kiffin got into the act on Twitter here in the last couple of days saying, come on, NCAA, do the right thing. Let Cade Mays play this fall. And I know that Cade Mays, his teammates, Tennessee's coaches, and Tennessee fans are hoping that will happen. I appreciate you hanging out here today on Locked on Vols, presented by rockauto.com and builtbar.com. Keep spreading the word. Thanks for being here. Welcome new listeners as well. I appreciate you being here to check out the show and catch up on what's going on with Tennessee football and Tennessee sports. I'll see you next time on Locked on Vols. Oh!